We're Sawyer, and since 1984, we've been creating technically better solutions for peace of mind in the outdoors. Why? Because we believe everyone deserves to be safe. We believe nature wants to be explored. We believe industry standards should be exceeded. We believe nonprofits deserve some of ours. And we believe the outdoors is a place for community from the backcountry to the backyard. We're more than an outdoor company. And we believe a thank you is due to anyone who supports our products. Because of you, we spent a decade teaming up with over 140 charities in 80 countries, bringing Sawyer water filtration systems to people in need all around the world. You help us aid refugees, disaster zones, and life-saving efforts around the world, perhaps without even knowing it. So thank you from everyone here at Sawyer. Together, we are saving millions of lives. Hikers, thank you for listening to the podcast that gets into the hikers behind the trekking poles. The podcast that asks the why questions of hiking. The podcast that takes me, Andy, a relatively new hiker, and asks other hikers how has hiking changed them and how are they changing the world around them. That's right, you're listening to the Hiker Podcast. The Hiker Podcast is brought to you by our many great sponsors, Sawyer Products, makers of all the repellents that you need to keep you on the trail, as well as the water filters you need to keep you hydrated on the trail we of course have canock outdoors makers of the carbon fiber cork trekking poles and all your water storage needs to put to use with your sawyer water filter of course also once you filter that water you collect it with your canock dirty water bag you filter it through your sawyer squeeze water filter you will then put it into your into your pot you will warm it up on your stove and then you will place some cs instant coffee to have the best instant coffee on the trail that's right see what i did there nice little tie around it all it all connects that's how i do what i do when i do what i do what i do um but yes thank you to our sponsors who have been amazing for this show to the show to me um make it possible so i can do this cs instant coffee Kanak outdoors and sawyer if you want more information about any of them go to the description of this episode to find out more um if you uh get something from Kanak and or cs instant coffee it does help out the show if you use all the links and the promo codes and all that stuff you can check it out here in the description of this episode of the hiker podcast or go to hikerpodcast.com and uh there of course you will find all the information. I do also need to shout out the studio I have been utilizing the past few episodes. Um, the amazing people, Andreas and Precious, at Catalyst Ashland. This amazing podcast studio. I do have a podcast studio in my home, uh, but this one's got all like the the soundproofing and the just. And I'm able to meet with other people here and do interviews here. And if you are in Ashland, Oregon, if you're like a PCT hiker and you need a place to get some work done, uh, you want to upload some some photos, you want to you want to do a podcast with me, you can uh, come to Catalyst Ashland. It is a co-working space that has everything you possibly need from podcast studio to uh, like insular booths to like 
it's just it's it's an amazing place and I love I love being able to come here and work. Before the pandemic, I had an office and um, I, I was working with a production company and it, it was it was nice and I was thinking about getting a new office after the pandemic because that office ended up shutting down because we just went completely remote and it's like, why are we paying for this? But uh, I was very much considering getting a, a, my own office space to work from and then I discovered um, from Precious Yamaguchi, who is the, one of the co-owners with her husband, Andreas, um, Catalyst Ashland, which Catalyst Ashland is a small local family run BIPOC and veteran owned business in the heart of Ashland. Catalyst is a small family run and BIPOC veteran owned business in the heart of Ashland, Oregon. Um, they are serving this community, especially those in the BIPOC LGBTQ and Southern Oregon community um, to support a diverse entrepreneur and collaboration space. It's really just it's, it's, it's an amazing place. So if you want a co-working space or a space to do some creative stuff um, or just a place to come see some art and buy some plants, come to the heart of downtown Ashland. Um, they're not paying me. I'm, I'm paying for my space. I just I love this place so much. I have a lot of Southern Oregon listeners and a lot of visitors to Southern Oregon who I, I think should know about this space. So anyways, that is my spiel. Uh, of course, you can follow me. Andy on Instagram or on TikTok at Andy Films and Hikes. I'm posting a lot lately. Um, it's just been really cool. I did come back from Portland this last weekend. I had an amazing opportunity um, to go on a hike with Unlikely Hikers, one of their one of their hikes. And I met Jenny Brusso for the f- first time, who's of course been on the show and is the founder of Unlikely Hikers. On uh, and, and Tashion uh, Childress, who has been on the show and is a part of Unlikely Hikers, and met so many amazing hikers in the Portland area. I got to go to Silver Lake Falls or Silver Falls, Silver Lake Falls, Silver Falls State Park up near Salem um, that has the Trail of Ten Falls. I saw two of the ten trails. I didn't go to all ten trails. I didn't have time. Also went to the Columbia uh, Employee Store and was just really humbled and almost to tears at seeing my picture as their Columbia Sportswear is um, being more inclusive with their sizing and had myself and another model I'd worked with um, on full display in the store in not only their extended size sections but in their advertising. Uh, this morning I saw I was on the front page of of Columbia Sportswear's website. Um, and I don't say it to my own home. I'm just, I'm really excited how hiking since the pandemic happened in the outdoor spaces has become much more inclusive. There's still a ton of work to do, um, but I'm excited that things are happening. So this week um, is a little different. About every eight to 10 weeks, I like to do these uh, Ask Andy Anything AMA episodes. Ask me anything. Ask me Andy thing. <laughs> um, one, these episodes, I don't know why. Um, outside of like some of the bigger names I've had on the show, like Darwin and Drew and Elena, um, these episodes always do the best. And I don't do it to do that. But I've also seen plenty of reviews that say our favorite episode is when Andy does the Ask Me Anything episodes because we get to hear more from him. So I just keep doing these and try to be as open and honest as possible with these episodes and just uh, talk about me and my heart and just kind of off the cuff and uh, – just answer any questions you may have, which there's not gonna be a whole lot of editing. Like right now I'm gonna take a sip of water out of my Nalgene bottle. So one second, ah, fresh water. I had a lot of coffee this morning. So my throat's a little, little, little parched, but, um, so I'm gonna get right into the questions. I, these are all from Instagram. And so I will get right into them. 
I've been asking in the past few weeks. If I missed your question, I do apologize. Um, and it may also be that uh, I get asked the same questions a lot. And so I may not answer your specific question, but answer a similar question within the same vein. So first question I have, and this one is, is interesting. I, I love it. First question is, how do you feel about having a big bear gay following? Um, many in the, the, the gay and, and bear uh, community follow me on Instagram. They listen to the podcast and they've gotten to the outdoors. Um, myself being a bigger guy. And honestly, I am completely humbled by it. Um, I've shared with so many of you on my Instagram about my story about once being a very conservative religious leader pastor who was very judgmental, who was, for lack of a better term, hateful. That slowly changed over the years. Um, I told the story a few times on different platforms of how uh, an interaction with a a gay coworker and his experience with church that was similar to mine and how he, uh, he wanted to be a pastor as well, but left when he came out because he was called an abomination. That set me on the path of really kind of exploring what do I believe? Why do I believe what I believe? Um, and that's when I left that faith behind. And so as a cisgendered, straight, white, male who who came from a culture that was built to advantage people like me um to hear that there are people within any gay community but the gay community in general who are, are fans of mine and who are supporting what i'm doing and who love me that means the world to me because for so long the horrors, especially in, in high school and early parts of college, the horrors that were coming out of my mouth because of what I had been indoctrinated with um, was completely unacceptable, was wrong. And I know so many of you listening have, have dealt with that from family members and friends and, and re- religious you know, organizations and, and your culture, maybe the small town you live in or the big town you live in, doesn't matter. And so when I hear that I have... Um, a following within the gay community, the bear community. I'm humbled by it. I am thankful. A big part of why I share my story about how I was once a very judgmental person who, you know, would maybe I actually had come out and said that, you know, being gay was an abomination, things of that nature. The reason I share that story is I want, to give people hope that people can change. If somebody would have met me when I was 19, 20 years old and said, this is where Andy will be when he's almost 40. This is what, this will be his views on the subject. Um, they probably would have laughed at you even into age 25 and 30, though my, my views were changing at that time very, very slowly. And so to hear that there are, are people who support me. It's just very humbling. And I share this because I want people within the LGBTQ plus community to know that I don't know if it will happen. It may not happen. But your loved ones, your friends who maybe were so hateful, so close-minded, so judgmental, 
can change. There's this scene in Rocky Four. Um, I think of where Rocky's he's fighting Drago, you know, and it's it's, it's USA versus USSR, and the crowd's against them. And by the end of the end of the and they're fighting in the USSR, and by the end of the um, the fight, the, the crowd that was once booing him is now rooting for him, and. Rocky Balboa says, you know, there's been a lot of changes going on during the course of course of this fight, the way I feel about you and the way you feel about me. And he says something that's just, it, it seems cheesy, but it's, it's, it resonates with me. He says, if you can change and if I can change, then anyone can change. And he's referring to, you know, you know, the fact that the people of, of Russia and, and, and the United States, the USSR and America really hated each other. And I say that about myself. If I can change, anyone can change. And to be able to do that through the outdoors and through hiking and through podcasting, I think is um, to share that love of the outdoors and inclusiveness um, and the mental health benefits of it. It's just a plus for me. So how do I feel about it? It's amazing. I love it. Um, Thank you for the question. And um, thank you for all of you in the LGBTQ plus community who have supported me and loved me, um, who have lovingly um, corrected me when I've, I've said things um, wrong or, you know, things like that. You, you've come to me and say, hey, Andy, just so you know, realize you probably don't know this, but, and you've just been so cool with me. Um, not only listeners of this show and followers of mine on Instagram, but friends of mine from film school who were very patient with me um, and, and, and here in Ashland and, and Medford and Southern Oregon. And um, yeah, it's been really cool. So to answer the question, I feel great about it. I love it. And I'm excited that um, once myself as a person who was, who once people in the LGBTQ plus community, knew me as not a friend can now call me a friend and an ally that excites me. So, um, thank you. Great question. Um, next question. Some former guests are doing the Pacific crest trail going to be doing a trail magic meet slash meet them when you, when they get near you. Uh, I do know, uh, Julia Sheehan is currently on trail. There are a few others. Uh, I told I told Julia specifically that you know when she when she's up here to make sure she gives me a call and give me a heads up. I've been following her journey. I know like right now she's around Kennedy Meadows, taking a sip of water real quick. So, absolutely, if I'm in town, I you know I'll meet him at Callahan's, um, take him you know into town, do what they got to do. Right now, I do want to mention this a little bit because there will be hikers passing through here if you're listening to this. Our outfitter, Ashland Mountain Provisions, is closed and was closed for the foreseeable future. Um, last week, there was a fire in the Ashland Plaza in the apartments above two businesses. And because of smoke and water damage, that um, has to shut down. And so a huge resource for so many hikers on the PCT is, is for the time being, for, for the foreseeable future, is shut down. So I want to make sure that I can be a resource and help be a conduit to get hikers what they need in Ashland. I mean, there's still places to resupply, of course, but 
I know talking to so many PCT hikers the last few years, if there was a backpack that needed changed or this would be a place where people got new shoes, uh, places like that. There's still REI in Medford, which is about 20 minutes away, which was going to require some driving and some logistics, um, of course. But, you know, Ashland Mountain Provisions has been an amazing place um, for this community, for locals, for outdoor resources in the winter and, and summer months, uh, and for people passing through. So um, that also the Ashland Hostel shut down last year, which was another place that PCT hikers um, frequented um, while in Ashland. So um, I want to do whatever I can to help PCT hikers out this year, um, as long as I'm in town and available. So yeah, absolutely. I'll be love meeting with them. I'd actually love uh, as many as possible if they're in town and have a zero day to come into this studio and just do an in-person interview. There's just a completely different um, vibe when you do an, an in-person interview. And I'd love to have some, some of the uh, former guests in person. Julia, that'll be your third time on the show. First time in person. I would love Julia. If you're listening, love to have you on the show. Uh, when you come through, if I'm, if I'm in town and you are available. So absolutely any former, uh, guests who are hiking the PCT coming through town, I would love to have not only meet up with them, get them a ride into town, do, do what I can, but also, um, have them on the show, maybe do a few videos too. So, um, next question, what gear has been the biggest game changer for you enjoying hikes? I've said this before. I'll say it again. It's been trekking poles. Um, I started hiking in summer of 2019, and by the end of it, by fall, I had trekking poles. I went from having no poles to a hiking stick, like one I bought, um, to finding a pair of poles at an REI garage sale, used them, and that was just a game changer. Snapped a few pairs, um, and then the Kanak ones. That has really been the game changer for me. Uh, I think next after that would be Gregory's plus size packs that have been absolutely a game changer in that not only people just think with plus size packs, Oh, you just need an extended hip belt. No, it's not just the extended hip belt being plus sized, having a, a bigger build, like broader shoulders, that sort of thing. Um, it, the, the pack rides on me differently. So to have a pack built for a bigger, f- just frame, like I could be like pure muscle, but my shoulders are still, you know, broad, um, to have that pack has made my hikes that much more comfortable and enjoyable. So that'd be my number two. Next question up. Uh, great question, by the way. Favorite hike in Colorado. Okay, I don't know if you're trolling me or not. Um, I get this a lot. I have only been in the airport in Colorado. That may change. I don't know. I'm not, I have no plans at this time to go to Colorado. I kind of did, but then uh, some things changed. And a lot of summer plans are kind of up in the air right now because of, I've talked about this on Instagram a little bit. Uh, we're, we're currently in the midst of getting our two oldest kids with special needs, um, finally getting them some of the help that they need. My wife's been working very hard at finding the resources and, you know, the help that was, that was promised to us as foster parents who adopted through the, fo- adopted parents who adopted through the foster care system. And so that's just been a, a process. So, there's a lot of things I get questions. What are your plans for this, that I have a lot of things I want to do. And I know like reservations are kind of an issue, but there, there is some kind of just uh, things up in the air right now because of just logistics with family. I'll still be doing plenty of hiking, backpacking and camping. Um, only thing I have for sure planned right now is I know I'm going to be, my wife just sent me a picture with my son. They're on the road river 
on a jet boat trip. Very cool. Anyways, y'all didn't want to know that. Um, I will be in Mount Hood, uh, camping on Mount Hood um, in July. And that's all I can say about that. But that's that's a for sure thing other than that. So, yeah. Next question. What is the price range of expenses for different hikes to different parks? Okay. So, I think you're probably talking about, that question's probably talking about price ranges for national parks. Um you know, everything, everything, everything is different. There are some national parks that are free to get into. Uh, Redwood National Park is free. Crater Lake National Park to get in is, I think, last time, last time I checked, it was 30. I have a national park pass that was gifted to me by my father, which I believe is a hundred dollars for a year. Um, which I haven't had a chance to use yet because <laughs> Crater Lake's been shut down. I haven't been able to get, not shut down, but the, the brim's been snowed in even uh, even now uh, i think i think you can get through now but it really it really depends um a lot of it's parking a lot of it's permitting it depends on where you're going what you're doing it, it, it ranges um, i do understand that paywalls and things of that nature are definitely a, a barrier for access and uh, i want to be able to work with organizations that can help um help provide access to people who maybe can't afford the, 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 the paywall to get into a national park or the permit for a trail. Uh, I understand permitting. I have, I have a weird relationship with permitting. I understand that, you know, there, there needs to be, these trails need to not be overrun. There needs to be resources to fund the cleanup and maintenance of trails. I think that we really need as, as, as a, I think as a, as a, as a, as a society in the United States, especially, but all over the world, need to re re uh, reevaluate how we spend our money as, as, as government, our tax money or tax stuff, um, prioritize public spaces, public lands, um, public health, um, public housing, things like that. So, um, yeah, uh, it, 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 differ, it differentiates, depends on what part of the country you're in, uh, what national park. Um, I know like for the closest national park to me is, Crater Lake, it's about an hour, hour and a half away, depending on traffic. Uh, that's going to cost you $30 if you don't have a pass. And then the next one is Redwood National Park, which is about two hours away, and that's free. So it really just depends. But great question. Great question. Uh, next question. Have you ever tried mindfulness as a tool for managing anxiety, depression in combo with hiking. Absolutely. It's something that we, we teach our children. We've done classes and seminars. Mindfulness is just being present in the moment and understanding what you're feeling, what you're smelling. Um, I've helped, um, organizations that work with children's mental health, make videos and trainings about it. I produce videos about it. I love the concept of mindfulness and being mindful, not only in the outdoors, um, and it, mindfulness and meditation is just, it's, it's a great practice. Just in the morning, you wake up and you're just mindful. What do I smell? What do I see? What do I feel? Um, what do I hear? And I don't want to talk too much about it, but if just, just Google on YouTube. Google or go on YouTube, mindfulness, mindfulness practices, mindfulness meditation. And it's a really great tool. It's been a great tool for calming anxiety at times when I can't get into the outdoors. And even in the outdoors, it's been a great tool to enhance my experience in the outdoors. So absolutely. Have you been to Iceland? No, I have not been to Iceland. I have flown over Iceland on my way to Poland. But 
have never graced the country with my presence. That sounds weird. No, grace the country. I've never been there. But one day, the land of fire and ice, I would love to go. Next question. While hiking, do you prefer listening to music or listening to nature? Okay, this is a, this is a no-loaded question. Uh, I do not do the Bluetooth speaker. It bothers me when people do because I feel like it can take away from others' experience. Um, I don't say anything because I'm like, well, I'm going to let them pass and they're going to go and I'm not going to hear their speaker anymore, hopefully. Um, I don't hike with earbuds, generally, because I want to be able to hear, especially on trails where it's mixed use between bikes and equestrian. I want to be able to hear what's coming up behind me. I want to be able to hear if there's a wild animal, not just, you know, mountain lions or bears but you know if there's a deer coming down i want to be able to hear it. that way it doesn't sneak up on me and scare me and deer especially when they, with their young though they're not predatorial they can be aggressive in protecting their young and you can get injured so i prefer listening to nature not only because i have all day to listen to music in my car um in my office have my earbuds in. i have my earbuds in all the time because i use them my my airpods um i use them for work i use them for recreation i use them for the gym um I love being able to listen to nature while I'm in the outdoors. I do make exceptions. Um, while there's some trails, I, I, I will wear earbuds in because I'm just so familiar with them and I know they're safe. Table Rock, both Table Rock trails being one of them, especially if I go early in the morning at sunrise. I like having a certain playlist on to watch the sunrise, knowing that there's not going to be really anyone else on the trail and knowing that the animal situation is pretty safe and there's, it's not a mixed use trail. There's not going to be any equestrians or bikers on that trail. So I'm not saying, you know, totally never, but I would say 95% of the time it's only, um, it's only nature or the conversations I'm having. Um, you know, if you want to wear earbuds, by all means, I do, I do want to make sure I'm always emphasizing with people that there is, there is a safety issue there. Maybe just have one earbud in. I did a, um, a video about hiking alone and hearing something and running away um, yesterday. It's gotten a lot of traction, a, a reel and TikTok. So just be aware of that. You know, I also like to hear other hikers coming up behind me, trail runners especially. Um, you know, they always like to say, on your left, you know, do a whole Captain America thing. So um, having earbuds definitely can take away from that from a safety point of view. So great question. Of course. Um, next question is, do you do anything in the gym specifically to support fitness for hiking? Yes, I do. Um, a few things is I, I like to, I, I'm really focused on cardiovascular uh, and metabolic health. Anything to get my heart rate up. So like with even with the weight training for the most part, I do um, um, intervals. I do um, functional strength training where I'm, you know, like at, at, for instance, my gym is, is um Planet Fitness, they have this 30-minute workout where you do, like, the stair stepper, you know, different exercise on the stair stepper for a minute, 30-second rest, and then go on to, you know, a bench press. And then for a full minute, and for a full minute, I'll just press on that and go in fast, fast, fast for 30 minutes. It's, it's a very intense workout. Um, they actually suggest you only do, do it no more than three times a week. And that's that's usually generally what I do because it gets my knees moving, gets me stepping up, gets cardiovascular my cardiovascular system moving. Uh, get metabolic metabolic rates moving that specifically specific exercises i do i do the stair stepper a lot 
sometimes I'll do the 30 minute workout, then I'll do 20 minutes on the stair stepper. Um, if I'm taking a break from 30 minute workout, I'll do 30 minutes on the stair stepper. I'll do, um, I'll, I'll work on shoulders and core a lot. I don't work a lot on my legs specifically. I do, there's some exercises I do for my ankles and my knees, like specific, um, just more stretches. But as far as in the gym goes, um, stair stepper is always, always key. Treadmill's good. You do a high, do a high, uh, incline, incline on the treadmill. Uh, I've done a few times where I put a weighted backpack on my pack and done the treadmill. Just anything to get you, get, get your heart rate up and get used to moving. Um, that's why stair stepper, treadmill, and even the 30 minute workout on Planet Fitness, and then they're not sponsored. They're not sponsoring this at all. Um, it's great because there's a stair stepper there. And so you're getting up and down, up and down. You're moving your knees, you're moving your ankles, you're getting the heart rate up. So those are things I do. I am not a trainer. I am not a doctor. So you do what works for you. You consult your trainer and physician if you're, if you have access to one. Um, I do have to say, do not start a workout regimen without first considering, a, you know, consulting a, men, a mental health professional. No, um, without first consulting a, a medical professional. Um, it's just, it, it's important to know what your possible body limitations are, you know, get a physical, that sort of thing. If you are able and have the resources to do so. Um, so great question. Next question. Did you always hike were an active person? Um, did I always hike? Was I an active person? Yes and no. I've gone in stages. I think in, you know, as a child, I was very active. Right? I mean, I played outside, rode my bike. I've always been big, always been big my whole life. I've been bigger and then I've been smaller. I've been bigger than I am now. I've been smaller than I am now. Um, you know, riding bikes. As far as hiking, hiking is something that's come about in the last two and a half, three years. Um, coming up on three years in July. Um, gym stuff. I I mean, I've talked a lot about my, my journey with fitness. I've, I've done very toxic workout and diet regimens where I've lost, you know, 70, 80 pounds, you know, working out twice a day, basically starving myself, taking diet pills, pretty toxic stuff. Uh, and then the second I, I would stop doing any of that, all the way would come back. Um, it's been a pretty up and down, but I, I haven't always been as committed to movement as I am now. Um, hiking, walking, I just try to make sure like I don't go to the gym every day, but you know, I'm always going to make sure I'm going to go for a walk. If I can't go for a hike or go to the gym, I'm going to move, move my body. If I'm mowing, we have a big lawn. If I'm mowing my lawn, it, my, my, my Apple watch counts as, I don't even start it. It just counts as exercise because I'm pushing this big lawn mower over, you know, half an acre. It counts as exercise. I'm always making sure that I'm, I'm moving, um, for, for cardiovascular and uh, metabolic health. Um, that's my biggest concern. You know, I don't, work out to lose weight. Now, whatever works for you works for you. That's great. But, um, that's what I do. So next question, are you a no-bo or sobo sort of person? I think they are referring to through hiking, uh, for northbound or southbound. I'm a do whatever floats your boat kind of person. Um, I, you know, I've never done a through hike, so I, I've, I have not, I have no preference. I think whatever works for you, depending on the time of year you're hiking, that sort of thing. So no preference there as far as what direction you hike. If you are hiking one of the big three, you know, the AT, the CDT, or Pacific Crest Trail, the PCT. Um, yeah, 
Uh, I've gotten the same question because I was supposed to hike the Tahoe Rim Trail last year, but my father ended up having a heart attack and the fires ended up closing half the trail anyways. If I a clockwise or a counterclockwise person, I think whatever just works for you logistically is, is what's best. So that's what I would do. I would, I would make my decision on what works best for me logistically, um, weather-wise, resupply-wise, whatever. So um, don't understand that question. I'm going to skip it. Like. like Anyways, um, how do you, next question, how do you begin hiking if you're anxious about leaving your house comfort zone? Um, that's a very good question. Um, I've dealt with anxiety for most of my life. I think, one, if you have access to mental health services and to see a therapist or counselor, working with a therapist or counselor or mental health professional, um, is key because I don't know your specific situation. I know for me, it just starts with baby steps, getting out your front lawn, or if you live in an apartment, you know, some grassy or common area out there, getting your mail, then walking down the street to the end of the block, walking around the block, then finding a park, walking in that park, some sort of green space. You know, do what, and I think for, I say this for people who also, worry about physical limitations, work your way up to it. Don't do anything that doesn't feel right. Don't do anything you're not comfortable doing. So if leaving the house um, causes you anxiety, and you but you want to go, work your way up. Don't do anything that's going to just set you back. You know, this goes for mental health and physical health. Um, don't do anything physically where, okay, I'm going to go do this seven, eight-mile trail while you, I've never been hiking before, and you come back and you're aching and you're hurting and you've sprained your ankle, you'll be less likely to go again. I think the same goes for your mental health. Um, go to the end of the block. Come back. All right, that was good. And don't try anymore. Next day or next few days, go around the block. Next day, a few days, walk to the park, come back. Next, you know, do what, and then go to a park then find national park or a hiking trail or a little walking path near you. Work your way up to it. Find a friend or person who will go with you. If you don't have some, maybe, you know, look online. Um, there's lots of hiking groups and walking groups on social media. There's a lot of different ways. Um, not knowing your specific situation, I can't give you specific advice, but those are just some things that I would suggest and that I've done. So next question. Oh, I get this question all the time. I need to do something about this. It's hard. Any progression hiker, any any progression a hiker podcast merch, dying for stupid mental health shirt. Um, yeah, I need to do something. People have been asking for stupid stupid hike for stupid mental health shirts, um, and different hiker podcast merch and Andy films and hikes merch. I haven't made any progress on it. I've been just trying to keep my head above water since January. So no. Hopefully, maybe soon. Possibly. I don't know. I have no idea. Can't actually answer the question. Sorry. Next question. Favorite trail food? Epic bars. Epic bars are it. They're this bar. And I have worked with them in the past before I even went viral. They're my first... Um, sponsored content um, influencer thing I've ever done. I did that in January, 2021. Uh, they're like, and I, I was, I was eating those before I started um, 
um, I, I worked with them. There, it, it's like a it's like a beef jerky, but it's like a bar. It's like thick and it's really good. They have you know lamb, buffalo, chicken, beef, um, salmon. Really good. Um, I highly suggest them. Is my favorite, and it's really dense and gives you good pro, good, good amount of protein. Um, meats are, I think the meat, I believe it's organic. Um, glute, it's all gluten free, which is great for me because I have celiac disease. So yeah. Next question: Do you have any recommendations for wide hiking shoes? Now I don't have a wide. A lot of people are surprised that I don't have a wide foot. I don't. My foot, foot's actually a little narrow. My body type's weird. Um, I have long legs, a very short torso. I have a very large head and very narrow, long feet. Um, I'm about I'm almost. I'm five foot eleven and a half, almost six feet. Um, yeah, that's, I always do almost six feet. But um, my legs are very long. Um, or yeah, I'm just no flip that. My legs are short. I've I flip that around. My torso is long. My head is large. So I'm, I'm kind of like an orange on a toothpick, a pear on a toothpick. So, um, so yeah, I don't have any recommendations for that I've used myself. I know Merrill has some great wide options if you are so uh, inclined. Merrill, um, full disclosure, I am going to be doing some some work with Merrill here in the next few weeks. But um, yeah, that would be my suggestion. Merrill did do the unlikely hiker boot. I'll be working with Merrill on some stuff here soon. Um, so yeah, that would be that would be my suggestion off the top of my head. That's the only one I know, like for sure. A lot of people I know have used and have found success in. Because um, I just don't. I have a, I have narrow feet, but probably why I hurt my ankles so much. Um, next question: Have you ever had feet pain? If so, how do you manage it? Avid plus size hiker here struggling. Um, it, it, it depends, um, feet pain specifically, like bottom of your feet, you got to find out the source of it. Are you having foot pain because of sciatica, because of plantar fasciitis, um, are your feet just sore? Uh, make sure that you are, you have the right kind of shoe. Go to REI and get fitted. Talk about your needs. The people, the people, our employees, um, associates at REI are very knowledgeable and very, very helpful. Um, good hiking shoes, unfortunately, do cost a lot of money. Um, that does not escape me at all. So um, hopefully, if you can't find the resources, um, you can do some research and find other options. Things you can look at, of course, are insoles. Make sure you're... you're Shoes are thick enough. A lot of times people like to use trail runners and like the really th thin trail runners, and those those kind of can mess up your feet. Um, I find hiking with a boot or a thick trail runner like a Hoka is really good for my feet. I've dealt with some plantar fasciitis. I've definitely dealt with sciatica quite a bit. Um, you all make sure, also want to make sure, like for me, sciatica, I can't have too heavy of a shoe, so I'll fluctuate between a trail runner and then also um, Columbia's... Um, Columbia has a few great, very light boots that have held up really well. My gosh, uh, I put those things through the ringer. So I think the key there is the right kind of shoe. That would be my suggestion. Um, and also try to pinpoint the source of the foot pain. So great question. 
Next question. How did you get started? Well, that is just a loaded question now, isn't it? Okay, I've told this story quite a bit, and I don't mind sharing it again. So, here we go. Gather around, children, as Andy tells you the grand story of how he got into the great outdoors. Um, so, I just graduated film school in summer of 2019. Uh, prior to that, two and a half years prior to that, in 2017, I left my career behind as a pastor. I left my whole belief system behind and began hiking, began, or not began hiking. <laughs> no, that was later on. Um, went, to, went to film school. I'd always loved um, working in film, uh, working in the entertainment industry. I started working for a small production company on the side when I was a pastor, which people weren't happy with. While I was a pastor too, I was always doing all the, all the podcasts, I was setting up every church I worked at. I worked with music and music and youth most of the time. That was the majority of what I did. So I was always working in, you know, having to be versed in social media. I was um, very much, I was always setting up podcasts for the church, doing videos. They always went, oh, Andy, can you do videos? You're cool. You're hip. You can do videos. I would do videos. I learned a lot of video editing while working in churches. So there was that. And I just fell in love with the platform, fell in love with social media, fell in love with cinema and, and television and pop culture. Um, and ended up just, you know, leaving, um, really le leaving my old life behind and going to film school. Actually, it was a degree in communication from Southern Oregon University with an emphasis in, in digital cinema. Uh, which was a great major because I learned a lot of communication things. I had to take a lot of social media classes um, as well as, um, you know, unconventional video formats like VR and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, prior to that too, though, I was hosting a podcast called The Hiker Podcast. Um, not The Hiker Podcast. That's why I did, this is The Hiker Podcast. The Decast, which was a Disney podcast. I love Disney. I'd started with another pastor and it kind of started growing quite a bit. I uh, had a little bit of a decent following and um, was did that for seven years. Absolutely enjoyed doing that podcast. Started doing a lot of YouTube content. And was, oh, I wanted to be a Disney adult social media. I was going to Disneyland a lot, me and my wife. Um, I would definitely be classified as a Disney adult. Was friends with a lot of big name Disney influencers. Um, and really was kind of trying to break into the influencer space. I did. I absolutely love and. I have no problem being called an influencer. Um, so when you start calling me cringy, I start getting a little like, wait, 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 what? I love working with brands. I love working in marketing and communication and video and tech, um, podcasting, audio, visual formats. I love it. I love working with a brand, finding out what, what they want and creating some sort of content with them that reflects my personality and a product of theirs I believe in. Um, trying to do that with movie reviews for Disney and other things and just couldn't break through. There was just a lot of other people out there at the time in 2017, 18, 19, um, trying to do it as well. I was doing that while in film school as well, learning a lot of cool stuff, making a lot of cool things and graduated film school. was still trying to break through on, on that. Didn't want to move to Atlanta, Portland or LA, wanted to stay in Southern Oregon and was really struggling. While I was in film school, I was going to therapy, dealing with the fact that I had left my entire life behind and had very much an existential crisis and graduated film school. And I was really floundering right after film school. Um, I got a second bachelor's degree in, in digital cinema and communication. 
and was really pondering, like, what do I do? Uh, I was doing some podcast producing for other companies, but wasn't really enjoying it. Was doing some other consulting things for other companies, really wasn't enjoying it. And I was just dealing with the big questions of life, and I just needed something kind of bigger than myself to get into. And my therapist suggested, you know, not only for my anxiety, because before um, going to film school and during film school, not as much, I was having massive anxiety and panic attacks. And she suggested trying going for a hike, going the outdoors. And I did, and I instantly fell in love with it in July of 2019. It was like instantaneous. And started a Instagram called Hike Southern Oregon, where I would just post, you know, scenic pictures of Southern Oregon. You can still follow now. I do post on there occasionally. And I have a Facebook group that I started then, too, called Hike Southern Oregon, which has like a 1,000 people on there now, which is great. If you want to join that, if you're in the Southern Oregon area or going to be hiking here, um, that would be amazing. But um, really kind of just fell in love with hiking, started doing a lot of hiking. And, Yeah. It wasn't like totally consuming. I ended up changing my my Instagram handle to Andy Films and Hikes because I was I was posting a lot of just hiking content, just views, you know. Oh, here's the top of this hike and this river and I also do a lot of filming. I'm like, Oh, I can be Andy Films and Hikes before it was just my my name, my Instagram handle. And so yeah, from was posting stuff. Wasn't really too serious about it. I was like, Oh, you know, whatever. I still want to do the Disney thing. Then, of course, the pandemic happened, and you know Disneyland closed, Disney World closed, Disney wasn't releasing any movies. A um, bunch of work I had lined up to work in the production industry completely shut down, um, and I really had nothing left to do but hike. Literally had bill collectors coming to the door. It was crazy. And so I just started hiking and then decided, hey, I want to start a podcast about this because the decast was kind of floundering for me at least because there just wasn't a whole lot to talk about. I got tired of every week on the show talking about this production shut down, this Disney park still closed, this Disney park still closed. You know, it was just really depressing for me. But the outdoors is a place I found a lot of peace and comfort and it was exciting to me. And I had gotten into a lot of the YouTube content and Instagram content for the hiking world, finding a lot of hikers that way, which was great and amazing. And so I said, I'm just going to start a podcast about this. And so I was like, okay, um, let's find a name. Let's just look. Let's, there's got to be a hiker podcast out there. Let's just search hiker podcast. No hiker podcast. There's all these hiking podcasts, but no hiker podcast. Okay. So what do I do? Go to GoDaddy, buy every variation of Hiker Podcast, Hike Podcast, instantly go on Spotify's Anchor and buy the name, uh, claim the name Hiker Podcast. And uh, yeah, that was in June and July. I started, I had um, Hike Oregon, was my first guest, had Elena Osborne on soon, and things just kind of started going really, really well. Um, the, yeah. It was it was it was kind of cool and it kind of blew up, and people are like, "Oh, how, what did you do to blow up your podcast?" I think honestly, the key to a good a one key to a good podcast is not just having engaging content, but also naming it so people can find you. So the Hiker Podcast, really Google loves that name. Search engine optimization loves that name. Um, so it started going really well. With that, was hiking a lot, talking to a lot of hikers. Um, started hi- posting more and more about hiking on my Instagram. Um, decided, um, 
I was work, was doing a lot of uh, production. Was picking up. Was doing a lot of independent production for people. Uh, got my first kind of sponsored content thing. I had never done that before. Always wanted to. Like I said before, I was trying to be an influencer. Uh, that was Epic Bars, which I talked about earlier. And then I realized, oh, I can make money doing this, and started doing a little bit, a few more little sponsored content things. Um, had Canuck Outdoors come on as a sponsor of the podcast. CS Instant Coffee, both of them are still um, sponsors. Sawyer came on and sponsored a bunch of episodes, like they are now. And uh, yeah, then I discovered the plus size and fat hiking communities within that realm, and like, oh wow, these, this is, this is, I can relate. To, to others like me who have found have had similar struggles as I do um, as, as a plus-size hiker finding gear and stuff. And um, then, of course, um, I started posting just really kind of just body-positive and vulnerable content. And Jenny Bruce on Unlikely Hikers reposted on my posts. I remember that, that particular day when she did that. She asked me if she could repost a post of mine, and, like, two weeks later she did it. And then, like, I gained a 1,000 followers that day. It was a post I was very vulnerable about. But basically what I just told you all, and I posted a full body picture of myself talking about how that was really difficult for me, but, you know, I'm really proud of what my body's been able to do and where it's been able to take me. And from that, I just started getting a lot of followers and the hike, more followers and many, hike, many hikers in the plus size and hiking, plus size hiking community. And in July of last year, I decided, you know what, I'm going to get into plus size modeling because I think I can do this. And um, I'm getting a lot of traction online and I've had some articles written about me and my journey. And then I, I got connected with Andrea Kelly at Columbia Sportswear, thanks to Jenny Brusso again, and immediately was on a shoot. And if you're in Columbia stores and you see pictures of me, those that that's the shoot you're seeing or online. And then Eddie Bauer came and wanted to start working with me and then some other other companies and then in January of this year, it's May now, I was out by the river and I made a, there was this trend, stupid walk for stupid mental health. I'm like, let's do a hiking version of it. Did a hiking version of it and it blew up 38 million views later. And uh, now, when that happened, I had a lot more people coming to me wanting to work with me. And now my primary way I support my family and myself is doing influencer work, sponsored content, podcast, along with podcasting and videos. And I also do some production work as well. And uh, so that, that's how I got my start. Love it. Love what I get to do. I get to be in the outdoors. I'm out, I'm out there every day doing something, maybe not hiking. Just today I was creating some reels um, and just sitting and enjoying the outdoors. It's it's amazing what I get to do, and I'm, I'm super privileged to, to be able, able to do it. So that's kind of my story, how I got my start. If you didn't know, if you've never known that before, there you go. Anyways, a few more questions here. Those are all the ones I screenshot from other Ask Me's. Let me get to my Instagram, and I can answer the ones for the question thing I put out yesterday. All right, we have a few here. Um, oh, here's a good one. Have you been able to reschedule your Tahoe rim hike? Uh, no, I never rescheduled it because, like I talked about earlier in the episode, there has just been some... A lot of things are in flux right now, uh, family-wise, scheduling-wise, trying to get my kids the help and treatment they need. So we're just kind of waiting and seeing. I don't see myself hiking the Tahoe Rim Trail this year. Um, probably going to stay closer to home, do some bigger hikes here near the Rogue River and near Crater Lake and along the PCT. I will do the Tahoe Rim Trail. Um, hopefully can maybe do it next year when things calm down family-wise a little bit. But, yeah. 
Where are some of the best entry-level hiking spots around Portland? Well, here's the thing, and I'm not sure if you know this or not, whoever asked the question. I do get mixed up a lot. People see I'm in Oregon, and they assume, oh, he must be in Portland, or I go for a hike near Portland. Like, oh, I don't live in Portland. I live four and a half hours south from Portland in southern Oregon, Ashland, Medford area. Beautiful area. Love it. Um, in western Oregon. So I, I, I haven't actually spent, though I did go to, I actually said this when I was at the Unlikely Hikers Hike. Um, they asked, why are you here? And one, I was invited by Gregory Pax and, and Unlikely Hikers. But another one is I wanted to spend some time hiking in Portland because I went to college in Portland for two and a half, three years and didn't enjoy the outdoors there at all. And I wanted to experience some of the stuff that I missed because I wasn't really into the outdoors then. So, um, yeah, that's... Um, I don't have a whole lot of of answers for that. I will say you're near you're near the gorge. There's tons of hiking near the gorge if you're able. Um, also, if you are near um, near, I think it's Tryon Creek. I got I, let me look this up and make sure I get this right. Where we hiked this last weekend um, with. Yeah, Tryon Creek, nat, nat, Creek State Natural Area. This is an amazing area. It's almost like a berm within Portland. Between It's like kind of nestled between Lake Oswego and Portland. It's amazing. You get in there, you park, and you, it, doesn't even, it feels like you're like way out of the city. You can't even hear traffic or anything. And it's, it's got this whole system of trails in there. Uh, I think it's the, it's the only state park nestled within a metropolitan area. Uh, we had a great time learning about lichen and moss and and fungi um, from our, our guide, Nick Desai, and Jenny and Tashian did a great job leading the hike. I really enjoyed it. It's probably one of my favorite hikes I've ever done, um, just from the experience. But the, the area, Tryon Creek um, State Nat- Natural Area, um, is an amazing place in Portland because there's it's a system of trails, so you can kind of choose your own adventure if you want to do something short, a little bit of elevation gain, no elevation gain. Um, it's really, it's absolutely gorgeous, and you just forget you're in the city. You just absolutely forget you're in the city. So that would be my suggestion if you're in the Portland area, area Tryon Creek nat- natural State Natural Area. So check it out. Um, let me get back to the questions here. But I, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed that, that hike last weekend, going up to Portland last weekend. I had an amazing time. Um, so, yeah. Um, this question, what hiking boots do you recommend for larger people? Um, I would go back to Merrill, getting the wider, wide ones, um, hiking boots. I think for, especially for, for larger people, just making sure you have proper ankle support. Uh, when I wear, um, trail runners, I oftentimes, I didn't last week when I did, um, Silver Falls State Park and I wish I would have, um, but cause I rolled my ankle a few times. Um, I often wear ankle braces. And I think it's super important um, because my ankles roll really easily. For a lot of larger people, plus size people, fat people who hike, having boots is a great, a great, um, a great way to remedy that. I hike with the Columbia Newton Ridge twos, amazing ankle support, and they're light, which helps me with my sciatica. Um, Merrill has some great ones as well for wide feet. And I'll be working with Merrill a little bit on some stuff here probably by the end of the summer. I'm going to take a drink from my Nalgene bottle. One second. 
but that would be my suggestion. Um, look at what Merrill has. Like I said before, go to REI to talk to them. They're, they're, they're actually really great about that. Um, but also the Columbia Newton Ridge twos are great. They have a great variety of colors and selections on that. Um, as far as you're wanting ankle support, I'm not sure. It's not particularly wider. I don't even know if they have the wider option on those, but depending on your foot, I would suggest though, going to REI and getting, at least getting your foot fitted and talk to the, 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 the uh, associates there. Um, anyways, next question. What is the hardest hike you have ever done and why? The hardest hike I've ever done and why? Excellent. Excellent question. Oh, gosh. Um, I know what it's going to be here soon, Mount McLaughlin in June. Oh, gosh, that's coming up. I got to get back in back in the gym. I haven't been to the gym this week. I've been so busy. Got to get training. Um, but do what works for you. Um, I want to say the hardest... I've ever done. Oh. I was going to say Wagner Butte, but Wagner Butte, but not for, you know, it was almost 3,000 feet of elevation gain, some significant elevation gain, 11 miles round trip. But really, that hike was particularly hard. Uh, there, there was the mental summit I had to do, just getting over the mileage. It was, at that time, it was going to be the highest mileage I've ever done. Um, but I think also um, on that particular hike, um, it had just rained there the night before, unbeknownst to me. There was a thunderstorm over that part of southern Oregon, but it hadn't hit other parts of southern Oregon. It just was a little bit cloudy. And so it was middle of August and crazy muddy. But also on that one, too, there was an instance where I was coming down. I I'd summited to the top of the butte was coming down and I ran into somebody who I knew, but they didn't recognize me. I, I knew it was an acquaintance from work and I was hiking with my son and we were coming down and she asked me, kind of looked me over, you know, we said hello and she's like, how far did you make it up? And I said, we made it all the way up. We're on our way back. And she looked us up, looked at both of us and it's like, both of you? I'm like, yeah, we both did. And it was just like this. She did not expect someone like me to make it all the way up to the top. Um, and there were, you know, admittedly this, this had some scrambling on it and so on and so forth. So there was, there was the, the weather, there was the elevation and there was the distance, but there was also just the, the people I had to deal with. And that's when, for the first time I realized that people in the outdoors, and this was early in my, this was 2019, August of 2019. Um, I go back to that story a lot. That's when I realized that people the outdoors judge me because of the body I reside in. So yeah, that was tough. What's more intimidating on the trail? Other humans or wild animals? Humans, absolutely humans. Wild animals don't scare me unless they're a tick. Ticks scare the crap out of me. But um, where are some of the best entry-level hikes around Portland? I already talked about that. Um, any other questions here? That's it. That's all I have. Wow, got almost an hour. So Thank you all for the amazing questions. Thank you all for connecting and sending those to me. Uh, yeah. If you have any other questions for me, you just want to connect, you can contact me, Andy, at hikerpodcast.com. Um, you can also follow me at Andy Films and Hikes on TikTok or the Instagrams. And yeah, thank you all 
for continuing to follow and just engage with my content, engage with me. Um, I hope to bring you more value this, this spring and summer as we get into the hiking seasons. And uh, yeah, it's, I've, I'm just excited about what I get to do. And thank you all for being so supportive of this show. Let me know if there's anything you want to hear or anybody you want to hear from, particularly on this show. You can always email me, andyhikerpodcast.com. If I don't reply, that doesn't mean I didn't see it or I don't care. It just means there's a lot of emails. And um, if something doesn't quickly necessitate my response, I don't always respond in a timely fashion. I do apologize for that, but I do take your suggestions. I do read your emails. DMs are harder because a lot of times, for some reason, DMs end up in the trash folder. Um, there's a request. There's like the request folder and the hidden request folder. They're like legit emails or legit DMs that end up in the hidden request. I only check that one like once a week. The request folder I probably look at every other day. Um, and that's just DMs are weird. So. Email me, though, if you'd like to connect, Andy at hikerpodcast.com. Of course, go to hikerpodcast.com for all the pertinent stuff. Follow me on Instagram at Andy Films and Hikes. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Sponsored by Kanak Outdoors, Sawyer Products, and CSS of Coffee. This week's episode of the Hiker Podcast. <laughs>